Welcome to the Grow My Revenue Business Cast with Ian Altman, unconventional strategies for selling, innovation, and leadership. Ian interviews some of the brightest minds who share proven methods to help you achieve success and grow revenue with integrity. Every episode concludes with a quick recap of actionable steps you can take to deliver tangible, immediate results for your business. Now, here's your host, Ian Altman. Hey, it's Ian Altman. On this episode, I'm joined by Bill Cates, who's the CEO of Referral Coach International. Now, Bill is a Hall of Fame speaker. He's written three books on referrals that are really popular. His latest one is called Beyond Referrals. And one of the things we're going to talk about is his upcoming book called The Customer Loyalty Myth, because we all know how important referrals are. And Bill and I are going to discuss what's the biggest mistake and how people ask or candidly don't ask referrals. We're going to talk about the difference between a referral and a personal introduction and specific steps and a specific process you can follow to get better referrals from your existing customers to help grow your business. Here's my interview with Bill Cates. So Bill Cates, welcome to the program. Thank you. Whenever I get a chance to talk with Ian, it's uh, it's a great great day. Well, it's nice of you to say. It. Now it's funny because in you know we've known each other for a while, and one of the things that I didn't know that I found out in doing a little bit of research is that, like me, you spent time um, number of years as a drummer in a band. I did. We'll call it a past life. It was years and years ago, and uh, I toured the country, uh, did pretty well, uh, but did a quick talent assessment, and I said, you know. If I, if, if, I'm a middle level drummer, I'm not going to reach that superstar status, or it's pretty unlikely. So let's let's move in a different direction. So then I got into the business world. Yeah, you know, I have this image of you with the spiked hair and uh, twirling sticks, and uh... no, it was before spiked hair. <laughs> we're, we're talking about uh, I'm an old guy. We're talking about mid seventies here. So. And it was just when disco was coming out. And you know, as a drummer, disco is about the most boring thing one could play. So uh, that maybe that uh, it was part of the decision as well. <laughs> now, obviously, when it comes to the world of referrals, you're the guy. So when it comes to, and I talked about it at the intro, your books of, of latest being beyond referrals, but the, my favorite Bill Cates line is, don't keep me a secret. Mm-hmm. Um, second book and then referrals now. But I know your new book is the customer loyalty myth. And the thing that catches my attention about that is, of course, we think that it's all about building this this loyal customer base that would never go elsewhere. But um, tell me what you mean by customer loyalty myth. Sure. Um, so let's just be clear. Uh, my latest book actually is Beyond Referrals, but um, that's the, you know, I've got three yep. in print, but I am writing the customer loyalty myth now. And so yeah, look, there's nothing wrong with customer loyalty. In fact, we want customer loyalty or client loyalty, depending on the kind of business you have. Uh, it's critical, right? Because uh, um, satisfied customers or loyal customers, loyal customers help us stay in business. And what I found with most businesses is that customer loyalty or client loyalty uh, will lead to incremental growth. We can create in- incremental growth with that, just serve the heck out of our customers or clients, uh, and we should grow some from that. As they grow, we grow. They talk to others just naturally. We grow from that. There's a, a, a weakness, if you will, on that, in that the next step is is leverage. How do you leverage that customer loyalty? So 
some folks listening to this are familiar with net promoter scores and uh, you know your customers or your clients' proclivity to uh, recommend you to others. And there's a great book uh, called The Ultimate Question by Frank Reichhold, and uh, I recommend everybody read it. And he talks about the importance of this high net promoter score and the willingness of people to recommend us. Sure. And, and Bill, let me just let me just interject for a second for our listeners. So if, if you're wondering, gee, I've never heard of this and maybe you haven't read the book, we've all been asked the question, which is, how likely are you to recommend us to a friend or colleague? Right. And they give it as a zero to 10 score. Right. And then, I mean, we don't want to get into the whole science behind net promoter score, but basically the bottom line is that if you're a nine or 10, it counts for you. If you're Six or below, it counts as a negative, and seven and eight is just neutral, and that's right. how you end up with the numbers. But now that I just want to make sure people understand that, so let me let you uh, go on with your description. That's no, fine, and and you know, so I, I work with a lot of different kinds of companies. Banks, you know, they'll come to me; they're very proud of their net promoter scores. You know, we have very high net promoter scores. We have a lot of people saying they're willing to recommend us. I go, great. What are you doing with those? And they go, what do you mean? What are we doing those? Well, how how are you taking those high scores and then turning them into new customers? Oh, tell me more. So customer loyalty is critical. It's foundational. It's, it's uh, incredibly important. And I would suggest that the ultimate question is not, are they willing to recommend you? The ultimate question is, are they doing so? Do you have a culture in place to support that? Do you have processes and systems in place to make sure that these, these people who are likely to recommend you are actually recommending you? And you've created this army of advocates for your business, uh, not sitting back wishing and hoping that the net promoter scores turn into advocacy, but you're actually facilitating that. Look, high net promoter scores is great. You will get recommendations, referrals, word of mouth without, without asking for them because of that. And every business should be getting referrals and introductions without asking for them. And if you want to create exponential growth, then you want to be appropriately proactive. And I've devoted the last 20 years of my life to studying how do different types of businesses and different scenarios become appropriately proactive? What do we put in place from a, a culture within our company standpoint, uh, as well as how we interact with our customers or clients to create that proactivity? Yeah, and, and clearly, Bill, I mean, you're, you're a guy who knows all about the ins and outs of referrals, and we'll get into kind of the subtle differences of referrals versus personal, personal introductions. But let's start with this, which is, what's the biggest mistake that you see companies make when it comes to asking for referrals? Well, the first, I guess the biggest mistake is that they're, is they're not doing it. <laughs> and yep. That's kind of goes into what we just talked about. But after that, um, there's a few things I've seen. So in some cases, uh, that people make it a kind of an us proposition rather than, uh, you know, what's in it for them proposition. In other words, uh, people say, you know, hey, you know, we appreciate your referrals. We love your referrals. Uh, um, you know, uh, different things like that. And, and so they, they make it about us, you know, help us grow as opposed to help us bring our value to other people. We found that that when we have a client-centered, a customer-centered, a value-centered approach to the referral process, uh, it, we produce much better results. Because there's one study done by Advisor Impact showed that, you know, why do people give referrals? Well, 61% said to help a friend, a family member, a colleague. 37% uh, to help the business, help the advisor, help the, you know, the, the sales rep, whoever. Uh, so we know that about twice as many people will give it to help others. So we want to make it a, mostly about that. 
Now, I'm not saying we can't ask for help, but let's ask for help in helping others. Let's bring our value to other people. So that's one mistake people make. The other mistake people make sometimes is thinking that all they have to do is reward it. In other words, a lot of companies will do reward points or you know, a gas card. One insurance company I'm working with has a gas card uh, that if you re- give them referrals, you, you, know, you get a $25 gas card. And I'm not saying those programs can't work. Uh, the problem is uh, they, they, they think – uh, mistakenly, usually, that it's the reward that creates the referrals, and it's not. It's the referability of the company. It's the referability of the individual. This reward card or whatever program you may have in place is really just a tool uh, to help you bring it up and help you put it in the awareness of your customers or clients. But most people, I mean, well, nobody, if you're not referable, I don't care if you give them a $100 uh, gift card, they're not likely to refer you. If they do, they're just going to tell their friend that this is why they're doing it, right? So we, it, 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 I'm not saying you don't do the rewards. I'm not saying that that doesn't have a place. It very much can have a place. We helped one bank uh, increase their new customers to referrals, uh, double it uh, from one year to the next, and a reward was part of that. But what was more fundamental to that was something we call the value discussion and checking in about the value and making sure that we have a happy customer. And, and then from there, then we start to leverage that into how can we be proactive, how can they be proactive to be an advocate for us. So uh, those are the two biggest mistakes, I, I'd say. First, the notion of not doing it and then um, making it so it's almost like, hey, can you do me a favor is is almost more like pandering rather than getting a referral. One of the things that I often talk about is how important it is to speak with your clients up front about the results that they'll measure and then circle back to see if they're actually achieving those results. Because then if they are, it's easy for us to then say, wow, can you think of one or two other people who might be in a similar situation you were in who might be grateful for you helping them reach the same outcome that we helped achieve for you? And now all of a sudden it's like their customer is thankful that they referred you over to them, not like, oh, here's someone you can go harass for a while. Right. And so you're talking about setting expectations, number one. That's always a good thing to do. Setting expectations helps you have a, a healthier, more productive, honest relationship. Uh, also, it helps build trust earlier in the relationship because you're you're demonstrating that you care about you know meeting or exceeding their expectations, and then you have a conversation about that. And if you're there, then you are indeed referable. Uh, the one tweak I would make to what you just said is rather than saying who do you know who might be in a similar situation, and kind of throwing it open to the whole universe almost, you've narrowed it a little bit by saying similar situation. But the best way to ask, if you really want to ask for a specific referral or introduction to someone, is to come as narrow as possible. And so I would say, Ian, you know, uh, last time we got together, you were talking about your uh, your colleague, George uh, Jones, uh, you know, has a similar business to yours, but I guess you're friendly competitors and, and really, you know, just on the surface, you, you look similar. Uh, gosh, how do you feel about introducing me to him? That that's the strongest place to come from. That's right. Uh, and then then you can expand from there, and you can say, you know, look, Ian, we're just brainstorming. That's an idea I had. Uh, gosh, I mean, if you think of anyone, any of your colleagues that may have uh, facing a similar challenge that you were facing, perhaps we can. So that's narrowing it a little bit, but we're we're opening it as well. So what the last thing you want to do is just say, hey, who you know, who who else can we help? 
or who can you think of that we can help? And and then you're throwing up in the whole universe to them, and they and they usually don't think of anybody. Yeah, and and the way I often describe it to people is that if you say, "Do you know anybody?" Your brain creates like this big amorphous bucket, and they say, "Yeah, there's people in there." If we ask somebody, "Can you think of one or two people who might be in the same situation that you that you were in?" Your brain automatically says, here's the person in slot one, here's the person in slot two, which makes it easier for them to recall those. Now, I I love your idea about knowing in advance, and and let's face it, with tools like LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. you should be able to walk into a client and say, hey, I see you're connected to so-and-so. It looks like they might be facing a similar challenge that you are. Would you be comfortable introducing us together? And what's the best way you'd like to do it? Now, all of a sudden, you know, you're laser focused. And if you have that opportunity, I think it's great. I mean, how do you feel about that notion of asking someone for one or two versus do you know anybody? Well, yeah, absolutely. And and um, I think the ideal way, and it depends a little bit on the type of business that you're in, right? If So let's, let's say you're a high-pay consultant and, you know, you're not looking for volume. You're looking for just the right types of people. Well, then, yeah, it makes a whole lot of sense to do that. If you're just getting started in the life insurance uh, business and, you know, you're trying to feed the family and you need to meet a lot of people quickly, uh, then you don't want to just go for one or two. But nonetheless, you still want to start narrow and expand. So what I recommend is you say, you know, Ian, um, I'm glad to see the value in what we're doing. I'm, you know, I'm glad I got a happy client. And I would love an opportunity to brainstorm with you just a little bit to see if we can identify a you know, a few folks that you think at least should be aware of the work I do, you know, deserve to make an educated decision as you're doing here. Um, I've got a few ideas I'd like to run by with, run, run by you. Would that be okay? And you go, well, okay, what do you have in mind? And then I can start with a few specific individuals, and then I can move to a category of people facing a similar challenge, uh, the industry that you're in, the board of directors you sit on, the university you went to. Just, uh, you know, there's so many places you can go to, those guys you play golf or, you know, gals you go sailing with or whatever it may be. Um, then you, you start specific and then you open it up, but it's all in the, under the umbrella of kind of a brainstorm where there's no bad ideas. You know, yeah, I'd be happy to introduce you to him, but I don't want to introduce you to this guy or, you know, yeah, she would, yeah, she could definitely benefit from this. So we're just doing a brainstorming here. Um, and uh, starting there, the main thing, the principle here, you know, is that you want to come prepared for this conversation and you want to let the client or customer know you've come prepared for this conversation. Um, so the fact you have thought a little bit about it, you know, you could say, you know, you mentioned a couple of people last time we were together. I'd like to run it by to see what you think. And now out of curiosity, you're going to want to know who I'm, I'm thinking about. Um, so that's, that's kind of on a, you know, really drilling down to one individual and, and what that conversation would actually sound like. And most people are afraid to do that. They're afraid of or somehow coming across too pushy or coming across needy. Uh, and the good news is you don't have to come across pushy. You don't have to come across needy if, if you approach it in, in the right way. And we teach a very specific process to do that. And LinkedIn is one of the tools uh, that we, we can use to identify people in, in, our, in our clients' or customers' life and make those suggestions. Um, I do recommend, uh, make sure I cover this very quickly, that while we use the, the LinkedIn to identify these folks, we don't want to hide behind the technology of LinkedIn to try to create these introductions. We want to take the conversation off of LinkedIn. So once I see, Ian, that you know a couple of people I think I can be a, a good resource for, I'm going to call you up or next time we get together, I'm going to mention it. 
maybe I'll use email to get the conversation started, but we got to be careful about you know hiding behind the technology because LinkedIn is just a technology. The principles still apply. You have to be referable. They have to trust you. The better relationship you have with them, the easier it is to make this happen. The better relationship they have with who with whomever they're connected, the more likely they're going to introduce you, and that's going to carry a little bit of clout. So the principles are all the same. LinkedIn is just one of many tools. Um, you know, the other types of social media like Pinterest and Facebook and Twitter and some of the Instagram, some of those, those are more word of mouth tools. They have their place, no question about it. Uh, but LinkedIn, especially business to business, really is, and business to consumer, uh, really is the the tool of introductions. Yeah, and and I th- I think one of the one of the things that that certainly strikes me, Bill, is that this is not something like, oh, I'm going to read this one book, and now that I've read this, I'm a master of it. Like anything else, getting better referrals is something that is a learned skill. It's something that often isn't taught to people as they're going through school. And just the notion of, oh, gee, I got that idea is going to be enough. And what I, th- what I think is really cool is that on your site, on referralcoach.com, you actually have this whole online learning center for people, your Referral Coach Academy, where people can actually learn this stuff. And it's, it's like you're in the room with them, mm-hmm. but it's on demand and virtual. So can you talk about that a little bit? Because I think it's something that really you've pioneered that kind of sets you apart from, uh, from other people. Well, I appreciate that, and 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 we make this available at different levels. So, uh, large companies come in; they train their their sales force or their advisors or their reps uh, using this, and then individuals can sign up as well. So, there's a range of how we do this, but essentially, um, it's it's brief. I like to call it brief but brilliant lessons. It's it's quick lessons: three minutes, five minutes, eight minutes. Uh, it has a little engagement question on the front end. It has a little quiz at the end to make sure your your listening managers can track their reps through them to make sure they're actually engaging. We have tracking tools to make sure you're tracking your behavior. It's a very robust system, and it's all about having the right mindset to, so you see the opportunities that are in front of you, how to step into those opportunities to be uh, referable, to be appropriately proactive, to promote referrals, to ask referrals, and of course, how to turn that referral into an introduction. Because these days, for most businesses, the referral isn't enough. We actually need to get connected and introduced. It's the only way to cut through all the noise in the world and and actually get that person to reply to our email or respond to our voicemail. Uh, and in, in, fact, ha- in, in fact, Bill, if, if you wouldn't mind, if you could, I, I'd really like you to take just a, a quick deep dive into the difference because I've heard you talk about this on stage and we've talked about it as well. This notion of the difference between a referral and a personal mm-hmm. introduction, because I think that might be lost on some people. Sure. Uh, they're really obviously related. Um, and the way referrals are typically thought of is, you know, hey, give, you know, give Ian a call, you know, use my name. Um, uh, it's, it's, some people call it a referred lead and it used to work pretty well. It doesn't work quite so well anymore because it's just hard to reach people and people, you know, it's hard to, you got to pique someone's interest. You know, you got to metaphorically slap them upside the head and say, Hey, I got something here. Listen to me. Right. And so the best way to do that is when you actually get introduced, when your referral source sends an email, uh, you break bread together over lunch or you play around the golf or you meet socially, whatever it is, you get connected, introduced first. Uh, now you have someone who's going to return your phone call or, or respond to your email. So uh, a lot of people, uh, 
this is where it breaks down for a lot of folks. So, you know, uh, they'll say, yeah, call call George, you know, mention my name and, and you do and nothing happens with it, right? It's just, it's just not enough to, to break through. Even though you have a great relationship with George, it's still it's just not enough to break sure. through. So how should they do it? Well, I would say I, I always assume that we're going to create an introduction. So if you're introducing me to to Laura Smith, you know, I'm going to say, great, you know, let, let's talk about how you connect me with Laura. Let's first of all, I want to come up with a, a process that feels comfortable for you and and for her, and you know, when you want to ruffle any feathers along the way. And obviously, I'd like to pique her interest in hearing from me, so she'll at least give me a ten minute phone call, and I can kind of go from there. So, you know, let's talk about what that might look like. And so. We just we're we're not assumptive that someone's willing to give us introductions or referrals, but once we know they are and we've come up with a few names of people, then we're gonna we're gonna talk about that introduction and we're gonna talk about what it looks like and and uh, we're gonna think through it a little bit and make sure you introduce me in a way that she's likely to you know uh, take my call and and I'm gonna use that email to then you know suggest a five ten minute phone call. Uh, I want something that's a very quick yes. Um, easy for them to say yes to, and then we're off and running. So, um, you know, these days uh, with a lot of millennials, are they're they're doing the introduction with texting, and so texting has now become a form of introduction. And uh, what you want to do there is you want to make sure that your client or customer has your electronic business card in their cell phone so that they can then forward that to whoever they're introducing you to so that if you then call them, if you happen to call them on their on their mobile phone, which is sometimes the only phone they have these days, you know, your name shows up, right? If uh, What happens Ian, when someone calls you and, and you don't recognize the number or they don't have a name? Quite often, you just let it go to voicemail if it even goes there and to see who is this person, right? So if you're not in someone's, in someone's mobile device, then there's a darn good chance you're not getting through. So that's a whole new wrinkle that's come into the world of, of introductions that we didn't have a few years ago. Principles are all the same. You got to be referable. You got to work on trust and all that. You got to be appropriately proactive. What's changing is the way we're actually getting connected to these people. That's what's changing. And I think it's, I think it's great that um, as someone who really has, has developed an amazing reputation in this space that you're still – always up on the latest, most current way to do this. So if you had one piece of advice to give people on how they can grow their business and earn more referrals and get more of those personal introductions, what would you tell them to do? Well, I, I would first make sure they're they're referable, that they're creating these engaged relationships. And there's three basic places to attend to. The first is the, the prospect experience, right? Uh, Everybody talks about the client experience, the customer experience. Well, let's talk about the prospect experience. What experience do you bring to someone who isn't yet a customer? And are you doing it in a way that's making you referable? Number two, the new client or the new customer experience, having an onboarding process to make sure that value is delivered, that, that, you're, that you're forming this engagement. They're seeing the value of, of the work you do and, and they're becoming engaged with either you or, or, or the people that work with you. And then, then, then there's the ongoing customer or client experience. So that's all about the referability piece. And then being proactive. And probably one of the most important things I teach around being proactive is what we call the value discussion, which is checking in. Not just surveys that you may do with you know, e- email or you know, online or through the mail. I'm talking about one-on-one or in a group setting, you know, how are we doing? You know, de- debriefing the relationship and, and talking about the communication and what's working, what's not working, and if there's anything not working, finding that out and fixing it. That, that value discussion 
uh, is will get referrals, introductions without even asking for them. Uh, then if you want to go further and, you know, learn our process, what we call a VRIPS process for asking, that's fine. But just doing that will, will make a huge difference. And then finally, if you are going to ask, as I mentioned earlier, come, come specific, come a little narrow first and then, then open it up after that, but start a little narrow. It's usually easier for you. You're going to be more confident and it's easier for your client or customer to engage in that conversation. Excellent. And of course, we want to make sure that we don't keep you a secret. So what's the best way for people to, uh, to find you, Bill? Well, I appreciate that, Ian. It's uh, referralcoach.com, simply referralcoach.com. If you're an individual, business owner, salesperson, entrepreneur, we have things for you. If you're a manager, leader, CEO, you have an organization, we have uh, tools for you as well. We have uh, uh, an assessment on our new website that's about to launch that uh, you can kind of see how you stack up against other people and other companies and and an ongoing, uh, you know, uh, referral tips that come out every Thursday, uh, which is free. Uh, so just go to referralcoach.com, take two minutes to look around, and I'm sure you'll see something that, that will uh, spike your interest and provide value to you at the same time. You know, I'm sure your, your site's filled with a wealth of information, and I encourage people to take a look at it. So, Bill, thanks again for joining me today. Ian, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. You can quickly get a sense of why I asked Bill to be on the program. He's really got his finger on the pulse of what it takes for referrals. Let me give you a quick 30-second recap of the top things that I think you can put together and put to work in your business right away. First, there's a difference between a referral and a personal introduction. We want to make sure that we take the time to get the personal intro. Second, we want those introductions to be based on value, not on a favor. And finally, the formula for making sure you get great referrals, as Bill outlined, is first, be referable, which means we're going to focus on the results. That means, second, that we have to check in with our clients to see how things are going. And once we know they're having great results, that's when, if we walk into the meeting prepared and we're proactive in how we ask for those, we can get those better personal introductions and referrals that will drive our business. Remember, this show gets its direction from you, the listener. If you know somebody I should have as a guest on the show, or if there's a topic or question you'd like for me to address, please let me know just by dropping me an email at ian.altman at growmyrevenue.com. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everyone can embrace, even your customer. Thank you for joining us each week for the Grow My Revenue Business Cast with Ian Altman unconventional strategies for selling, innovation, and leadership. Be sure to subscribe to our program on iTunes or Stitcher. Don't miss Ian's weekly newsletter and be a part of the conversation on growmyrevenue.com and via Twitter at growmyrevenue.com.